So you're a huge fan of Atlanta United. And you want Dave to give you the latest insights to our tactics. Pineda, five in the back, are you kidding me? Or maybe you can't effing believe we signed Don Dwyer and you want to hear Mikey Dobbs rant about it. Well, you've come to the right place. I'm David Katz. And I'm Mike Dobbs. And this is the the ATL on Fire podcast. everybody welcome back to another atl on fire dave how are you doing this evening good how are you uh i am doing well uh once again carmen say hello to the visitors who uh, is again helping us with the podcast operation here so dave and i can focus on talking soccer our illustrious producer carmen who makes the podcast much much better i have my own mic and a camera yes be afraid be very afraid so uh, we're enjoying some wine as well, Carmen. So Dave, tell us what we're having here. Well, as you know, one of my favorites is the Chateau St. Michel, the founding winery um, in Washington State. And this is their uh, Indian Wells, which is like their slightly fancy brand. Um, it's a Cabernet. Mm, I like it. They're very, you know, in, in Washington, they're known a lot for Pinot Noir. But um, at Chateau St. Michel, they grow a lot of the classic French grapes and their Cabernet and their Chardonnay. Really excellent. Now, is it, this is not a blend, right? Because it's Cabernet. No, um, it's Cabernet. Yeah. Um, so, Dave, you, you're rocking the Ukraine uh, shirt here? Yep. Uh, soccer supports Ukraine. Uh, obviously, uh, we feel terrible for all those folks. I mean, nobody ever wants somebody to be invaded. So, um, and particularly on a soccer note, you know, those guys are trying to qualify for the World Cup in the midst of all of this. Um, they have, you know, the one playoff for their dream of participating in the World Cup. And, you know, it's not exactly ideal preparation. No. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah. And, and to make things even worse, Atlanta United isn't playing well these days either. Not on the same scale of, of war, but it's uh, <laughs> not a, not the best oh. transition. But yeah, it's, no. it's been pretty ugly on uh, the Atlanta United front. It hasn't been good. Um, what are you referring to, Megadoss? What do you mean? <laughs> well, you know, of course, I'm not going to talk about the Chattanooga game, but uh, you know, we did win that. What six nothing? Can we at least start with the Araujo goal? We can start with the Araujo goal. So sure. in the in the Chattanooga game, you know, obviously we beat them six nil. Um, and if we go to the highlights, granted it's the fifth goal against the Chattanooga side, but you know, if anybody was asking whether or not um, Araujo has class, we win the ball on a turnover at midfield. This is up in Kennesaw, and uh, yeah. Araujo comes in. And for those who are not watching on the YouTube channel. I mean, literally just at full run, scoops it over the goalkeeper's head. Yeah, so <laughs> they give it up in the midfield, get slotted right down the center at the top of the 18 and just right in the side netting. Boom shakalaka. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's uh, showing the guns and the highlights. <laughs> it's class, right? I mean, you know, before this game, this this last weekend when he started, uh, he had played 44 minutes. We yeah. could use a lot more minutes like that. Yeah. And <laughs> then uh, we go on the road 
to Miami. Is there anything you want to talk about in that Chattanooga game? That I mean, no, I mean we just ran all over them, and yeah. you know. Um, the idea was maybe we broke the, you know, sometimes you're in a drought and it, just to see the ball go in the net gets you out of it. And um, the idea was maybe that we were going to start scoring goals for fun. Um, not so much. No. Still have not turned the corner. I was really hopeful. We hadn't scored a goal in, what, three games coming into these two games, right? And know. now we've only scored one goal. Is a maximum. Well, no, the last two games, well, we lost two to one in both the last two games, right? Right, but in yeah. the in the previous three games, we had scored zero. Yeah, <laughs> right. So we've got zero, 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 one, one. Yeah, that's not getting it done, like it does. Um, so we go on the road two weeks ago to Miami, and uh, yeah, they've got a beautiful pink stadium. Uh, what's what's the field called? Um, it's where is it? I think where the the Miami Hurricanes play. Is that true? I'm not sure, but uh, are like it's a temporary stadium. They're actually built. It's it looks like a gorgeous, beautiful stadium. Yeah. And for those who are looking on the podcast, we have a nice flyover coming in. Um, way to go, Mike Adams. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you got to yeah. take credit for mm-hmm. that. Um, but it's a temporary stadium. They're actually building a new stadium to replace that nice new stadium. So I don't know what that's about. Only in Miami they built two stadiums. So for what, the rest of one. <laughs> what was your what was your uh, your take on the game uh, in general against Miami? We uh, I think had like sixty six percent percent possession in that game. Uh, Twenty shots on goal. Just only one went in. Yeah, I mean you know it starts the the run of us dominating possession. Pineda saying you know we were unlucky that kind of thing should lead to a win every time but as i think we're going to get into in some detail um there's a lot of mistakes that you don't win games that way yeah possession doesn't equal winning and um you know we'll get to a quote from Pineda after the second game but um i don't know mikey dobbs i i think that um we're a long way from good yeah and it's just not clicking there is, uh, there's uh, still the issues with the way we're trying to use like a Brooks Lennon going up the line. That is, you know, we talked about in the last podcast. I think it's the root of some of our issues. Of mm-hmm. a, I'm I'm kind of down on Brooks Lennon in general right now in terms of him being in that uh, right back position. I'd rather see Ronald Hernandez with mm-hmm. the, with this setup. Uh, With Lennon in front of him or Lennon not on the field? Not on the field. Okay. Yeah. Because you've got, you know, uh, in in front, hopefully you've got Josetu and uh, Sosa, right, in the middle. In the middle, And then on the right, you're going to have Araujo as a forward. Yeah. So Inverted winger. (laughs) Inverted winger. So, you know, give that guy the ball. You know, Brooks Lennon doesn't need to be up there. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, You certainly don't need um, Araujo and and Brooks Lennon in the same place. Yeah. yeah, I mean, one thing I would say on a positive note is that in both games that we'll talk about, um, our back four is a little further up the field. We are winning a few more balls at midfield. That's why we had a lot of possession. And um, that kind of thing, you know, giving the ball to Mama more often, um, there wasn't obviously Mama in the Miami game because Araujo wasn't back, you know, at least not starting yet. But um giving the ball to them more often in the attacking third is going to lead to good things. 
So one of the things in the Miami game that drove me nuts since in the last podcast we talked about VAR is <laughs> they still can't get it right. And that, you know, that what should have been a penalty kick for Brooks Lennon going down in, in the box towards the end of the game, mm-hmm. you know, I just in, – in today's day and age where any sort of contact in the box is given a penalty, like that's the pres- precedent that's been set. How could they not have called that? A PK doesn't mean I think it should be a PK in Mike Dobbs's ideal world. I'd rather go back 20 years and a little bit of blood and then you deserve a PK, but that's not how it works anymore. <laughs> you know, Brooks Lennon definitely had enough contact on his shin to trip him. Yep. And it doesn't matter that the guy's not good at falling down gracefully. Like you have to give that penalty. And the fact is also, you know, uh, let me see if I can, uh, Oh no, my my computer is uh, <laughs> running out of more juice, juice here. I'll I, talk, you keep talking I'll talk while, I plug, while you fix plug it. it in. So what I would say is that um, you know Brooks Brooks Lennon makes a meal of it in that you know he gets the contact and instead of just trying to you know keep going and he wouldn't have been able to stay up, but instead of trying to do that, he does this swan dive, two feet up in the air, going to dramatize it, you know, and. Um, it's not good. I mean, um, so that's the bad side of it. And that's, I think, why the referee reacted and didn't call it. On the positive side, or, 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 or I happen to agree with you completely, it should have been a penalty. Anytime you get in the box and you're behind the defender, you know, basically goal side of the defender, so he's behind you trailing, then, you know, if there's a challenge and it's not a clean challenge, that's a penalty. You know, there's... When you're a referee, you have to be looking for not just the outcome because it's really, really hard to judge in these minute moments, but you have to look at how the play came about. Is the attacker ahead of the defender? Is he goal-sided? Did the defender challenge from a good spot or a weak spot? And in this case, Brooks Lennon is past the defender. He challenges from a bad spot. He clearly catches the shin, and in my opinion, it's a penalty. A thousand percent. And the only people that I was going to bring up on the show that uh, would possibly disagree with me, the people that toe the line for the MLS, it's uh, Andrew Weeby and those guys. <laughs> and so sure enough, I went to their replay of extra time or whatever they call it. Yep. And I'm like, I know these guys are just going to toe the line of this referee making the right decision because how could this not be considered a PK? And sure enough, these guys literally reviewed a PK that was just as soft Five seconds before, five <laughs> seconds before, and we're like, that's enough contact, clearly a penalty. And then you slow it down to 60 frames per second. You see the guy kicking his shin from behind and his arm up on his shoulder. And, you know, I just can't. Yeah, believe- one thing you got to criticize those guys for is how often are they really uh, objecting to the call, right? So they seem to, most of the time, they agree with the referee. And, you know, w- you know it's interesting. It goes to actually the nature of the MLS league, right? If you go to the Premier League, if you go to Syria, ah, you know, if you go to the uh, any of the the top divisions, right? The people who are largely commenting and on the game, right? They don't associate with the league at all. You don't have anybody from the FA who's a presenter on the television, right? MLS, because of its nature and its history, you know, a lot of the people who cover the league and actually present, and in fairness, do a nice job of talking about the league and everything else, they're they're actually paid by the league. Right? Yeah. So it kind of creates a, a, a conflict of interest. And I'm not going to, you know, trash those guys because I think some of the things they do are pretty nice. But, you know, 
it creates a situation where you're not going to see them disagree with the penalties that often, right? You're not going to have them be like, this was a bad call, that was a bad call, whatever, because they're paid by the league, right? Yeah, but it's why do a segment on it like that then? You know what I mean? Like other leagues, I think, call Well, it I like think they is. just go through all the, the, yeah. the, the controversial calls, but you'd be surprised, you know, so if you have, if you went on the Premier League, if you on, you know, match of the day or whatever the, the presenters are in the Premier League, right? I'm going to guess they disagree with the call a good percentage of the time, <laughs> right? Whereas in the MLS, you know, it's actually, we could do the stats on it, Mikey Dobbs, right? Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe it's a thing that we should write into my favorite, one of my favorite websites, 538.com, and they do sports analysis. We can say, all right, how often do the commentators agree versus disagree in the Premier League versus MLS? Can we do that, Mikey Dobbs? I love that idea. Because <laughs> I think you might find there's a statistically significant difference. And what would the difference be? One gets paid by the league, and one does not. Um, you know, follow the money, Mikey Dobbs. That's supposed always, to be your line, right? Always follow the money. Right? I'm supposed to be, you know, I'm the optimist of the guy. You know, I'm like, oh, no, no, Charlie Davies, they're all pure guys, right? <laughs> Remember? And I like Charlie Davies a lot. Yeah, no, that, but Andrew Weavy just, he grades on me. Um, so while you're oh, calling it up, what I was going to say is that um, one of the things that happened in this game is that Miami is playing zonal marking, right? And they were really, really lucky. Twice, they had the exact same thing that we've been talking about on the podcast where they didn't quite win the first ball and the second ball, the guy's wide open. And, you know, we were pretty terrible not to convert. But um, my point being that for those of you out there saying, oh, you know, Dave's just riding Pineda hard and this is what all the, you know, this is the, you know, classic way to do it. I think it's shambolic when anybody's doing it. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work. So, do you want to go to the the goal that uh, we we let in here against sure. uh, Miami towards the what? This is well. One the thing I want to minute. talk about is again. This is the second consecutive match, the Miami match, where we did this unbalanced craziness. And those of you who are our big podcast listeners will remember we talked about this in the DeBoer era, right? This this crazy unbalanced thing where where you ask one of your outside backs to get forward, and then when they're caught out, you ask a center midfielder to come in and cover for them. There was one game under DeBoer where in the first 30 minutes, it was um, Philadelphia, yeah. right? Because um, it was um, um, Bedoya who was just like, wait a second, I'm 34 years old, and there's nobody out here, and he's a good player. I mean, he's just a little old, little loss of step, right? But he was like, I don't need a step when there's nobody out here. And he was torching us. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that game. I and, do remember the one. And DeBoer actually switched it up after 35 minutes. The I only time he admitted, like, mm, maybe not. But in any <laughs> case, Pineda doing the same thing, right? So, so you know, Brooks Lennon. It's unbalanced, so we're not playing with the right midfielder. Like, technically, when Araujo came on in the second game, he played right midfield, but even then he's cutting in. But in the, in the Miami game, we literally weren't playing with the right midfielder. So Brooks Lennon is playing right midfield. He's also playing right back. When he's playing right midfield, there's nobody playing right back. So then you're – see, Gutman was staying back a little bit more, yeah. but it was unbalanced. And you know who he was asking to cover? Sadich. Yikes. Sadich was being asked to cover from center midfielder out wide. And what happens on the goal, everybody in, is going to blame 
George Campbell because George Campbell wins the ball. He tries to play a split the line pass and he just gives it away terribly. And we've yeah. talked about this. He's young. He has that habit, which is not good. But once he gives away the ball, if you'll notice on the play, the thing that I wanted to point out is, so obviously somebody going to give away the ball occasionally, even in a bad mm-hmm. spot. Anytime you give away the ball in a bad spot, you can't just be like, oh, that's a goal. Right? You got to have some backup plan. You got to have plan B, right? Yep. And our plan B is Sadich coming from. And if you watch on the play, Sadich has no chance to cover for, for Brooks See, Lennon, who's way up the field. Now, I saw a little different differently in terms of Sadich or, or where fault lied towards the end of this. And I'm going to put it on, of course, George Campbell. And Sosa was back there, too. Well, so what's interesting is, I think it was uh, Miles Robinson who was back there. Maybe Sosa's back, too. But Miles Robinson, the reason why Miles Robinson doesn't make this play on this goal is because Sadich is not back. If you watch off the corner, and I'm not sure whether we can see it on the highlights, but he comes over anticipating that they're going to play to Lennon's position where Sadich is trying to cover. And then he tries to get all the way back into the middle. And it's too much, even for Miles Robinson. There's one thing you'll notice in this play. George Campbell, when he gets back, he doesn't turn his hips and look back up the field. He got back in time. Yeah, he was back. And then he had his back to the ball. He wasn't even looking at the defender. He didn't swivel his hips. And look back up the field. But watch then, how the defender then, then he gets wouldn't have pulled. had that awkward little back sure. heel off him. If he was facing up the field and he would have seen the defender, missed that. And then Sosa just completely decides not to mark a guy at all. He just decides he's not marking anybody unless that guy go just drift off to the well, back let's, post. Let's play the clip. Yeah, let's play the clip. Listen. Now that we're arguing about what happened. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. So that's after we've just given away the ball. Sosa's tracking his guy right up the middle and then just lets him, whoop, just yeah. stops the signing. And stops so, but it's George Campbell. So actually, you're pointing out, you and I actually noticed the same thing, but I think you got it wrong, which is to say it's George Campbell who comes over to try to cover after he makes the bad play, and then he gets turned around like that, not because he was just bad, you know, whatever. It's because he was running one way and trying to come back the other way. Yeah, but look. Okay. So watch George Campbell. He, he goes in the middle, but he doesn't even need to. Sosa's there. And then he should have been back and his hips turned, marking his man. But he was all the way out there as opposed to being in the middle where he wouldn't have to make that run because he was. you couldn't see it on this play because he was coming out to cover for Sadich. No one needed cover because he Sosa, needed to because Sosa if he doesn't was, come out there. Dude, Sosa was back. Sosa was back. He had his guy and just let him go. And then he saw George Campbell next to him and then... Let his guy go. Go it's play just, it again. This is it right here. No. This is it. See, so watch him come running over to the yeah, middle. Yeah, Sosa's got his guy there. And yeah. then just whoop, lets him go. That's totally his fault. But the reason why you he's You can't let your guy go that. like that. He's the one who was wide open on the back post. Cannot let your guy... Go back a second because I want you to show, I want you to show where, they, where the players start, right? So George Cam will go back a little bit more. Oh, I, I think they'll play it again from, from their reverse yeah. angle. So I like it because in the wide angle on the second view, you can see much better, right? Yeah. So I, Campbell has just given up the ball, right? Yeah, Campbell makes a poor so, square yeah. pass across the Campbell field. Campbell wins the ball. He makes a terrible ball. And then he sprints to the middle because he thinks there's a problem. They're not. He's, he's marked up right there by a man. And then Sosa let his, lets his guy go for some God unknown reason. 
Right, but the problem is Campbell is coming to get back to where his center back because he wants to be that second guy. Yeah, but he confused Sosa because... Yes, because conf- Sosa didn't want to know to mark it. But yes. the reason why he was at, had to be out there is because there's no right back in that play. There's no right back in that play. But does so why, the- does, why does Campbell... Why isn't Campbell sitting in the middle where he can help him, whatever? Where's the right back? In any league, that there was a guy... He- that was coming down the field, he was marked by a man. Just stay on him. Yeah, so what you're saying is, that, and I agree with you, that he should have stayed with him at that point. But if he stays with them, then he's leaving Robinson completely one-on-one, right? As opposed to being the second guy to help, right? Well, it was, it was going to be one of those situations anyway where you're going to have to defend. So pause it right now. Pause it right now. So right now, right? So Campbell. Everybody has a guy. Yes. Campbell's giving the ball away. But so Campbell is used to being a center back. He's used to being coming over there to be the second guy. So if Miles Robinson gets beat, it's not a breakaway. Right? So he's trying to bust it to get Miles back Robinson, over there. one of the best one on one defenders. Why are you fair, worried? No fair. one's he's worried. Make, no one make, should be worried right now. He's making a bad decision. But the reason why that's he's normally coming over there to help and normally he has the right back who's going to be out there and that's why he's abandoning that spot because that's what he's used to doing and there's no right where's the right back in that clip right now doesn't ma- doesn't matter i agree i agree with you he makes a terrible decision but it's the unbalanced system that that forces him to make that's that not decision a system fault. that's just bad decision making i disagree all around you can't blame that on the coach there's three players they're all marked and they let it go to hell in a handbasket even after a bad square pass. I, do, I, I don't disagree that Campbell makes a terrible decision here. He should have stayed with that guy, right? Yeah. Well, and this is what jump. he does. I think, I think because Sosa's watching the guy with the ball, when he, when he comes in, he sees Campbell and thinks he's going to pick up the guy and be yes. the center back. And instead, it leaves his guy wide open. He which, leaves his guy because yeah. Campbell's coming yeah. over. And normally, he would be leaving his guy because Campbell would be in the middle. Yeah. Campbell's supposed to be in the middle helping out as a second guy. Didn't and there's to supposed that. to just be a right back. Just mark your guy. But there's no right back. You don't need him right back. There's Campbell. <laughs> Campbell is the right back right now. Yeah. But if, if, he, if he stays out wide there, now Sosa has to be able to, with speed, to stay with that guy making the run in the middle. And I think Campbell's thinking that he has to cover for him because he, Sosa can't stay with that guy speed-wise. That's not his, that's not his strength. Bollocks. No. <laughs> that's, not how the, that's not how the game should have unfolded in that Fair, moment. Fair, but you're creating problems that don't need to be there. If you have the extra guy who's there, that never happens. So I, I hear what you're saying in terms of never put yourself in that situation, but we did, and those yeah. those guys are good we enough. We should players. have been able to get out of it. That's your yeah, point, and exactly. I agree with you. We should have been able to get out of it. He made a bad he made a bad pass, and then combined it with a bad decision after he made the bad pass. But why is he having to make that decision? Is because there's nobody there. And then what do we got here? We've got the the penalty kick, which we talked about earlier. Yep. I'm going to see where this is. Oh, come on, computer. Of course, I had everything set up, and I forgot to charge the Chromebook. <laughs> Producing you need audio. power, Mikey Dad. Yeah. That's okay. You know, sometimes on the podcast, you know, it's a little fancy, but it's also, you know, it's a little amateur hour, too. That's okay. Yeah. All right with it. Too many wires, too much tech. The podcast listeners are still with you, Mikey Dobbs. They haven't yeah. abandoned you. There we go. Oh no! This is not the this is not the play. You were trying to show the penalty. Oh, 
By the way, the first goal that they scored against us was pretty nice. The guy Campana, was that his name? Mm-hmm. He's on loan from Wolves uh, yes. to Miami. Why do they let him go? He seems good. <laughs> yeah, and he does. And uh, yeah, that's your Wolves team, yeah. right? He never played at all at Wolves. He's young South American, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> look pretty good. Of course, you know it's MLS versus Premier League, maybe. But I, I don't um, know. What do you want to look at in this Miami game? Oh, I, you know, one of the things I just want to say between both games. Uh, is how good is Almada? <laughs> he's oh. he's the only guy who's out there who's just oh. consistent pure class in terms of. I was going to say it in the second game, but yeah, yeah. I mean, even in this Miami game, like there's just so many like just simple slotted passes and just composure all over the place. It's like, and what I like about it, he's not trying to do too much right yep. now, especially for a young he, guy. Yeah, and he's, a team young, that's he's struggling. young. I really like the fact that Almada is playing within himself and not trying to be the hero. I think. That's another thing that's frustrating me right now with uh, Araujo is he's trying to do too much, and you can see he's he also gets like strangely frustrated <laughs> out of the blue, like the, for things that don't make well, a lot of sense. Well, when you're that fast and your your wife is Miss Brazil yeah. and whatever, you're used to things going your way, and uh, <laughs> sometimes it's it's hard when things don't go your way. Mikey Wait, seriously, Dobbs. he's married. He's Beating yeah. Miss Brazil. He is. Yes. yes. We were so we were speculating <laughs> that's the only reason why he could possibly be here playing for Atlanta because she's modeling in the US. Oh. Um, and Le- I think there are less modeling opportunities in Lille. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kinda in the countryside of France. It's in right? the very countryside of yeah. France, in the middle of nowhere. It's a town of like a hundred thousand. So what you're saying is even Atlanta is more happening. Yeah, and wow. of course, once you're in Atlanta, then you hop on the flight and you're in yeah. L.A. or New York or Miami Yep, um, where fashion is king. But here's my thing, okay? Um, so Pineda, after this game, says, you know, we kind of got it right. And, and we had a lot of the ball. We were winning more balls up the field. All those things were good. It looks like actually offensively we were doing some kind of things, not really creating chances. But here's the thing as a coach. Here's the real thing. Right when you're a coach and you overthink it, where you unbalance it and you give a crazy opportunity, and when you have a zonal marking system that doesn't cover anything, you're just asking for trouble, right? And yeah. there's no reason for it. It's an unforced error, Mikey Dobbs. Right? So Pineda's all like, "Oh, you know, uh, we're playing well," and and I, I give him that. I think we are playing a little bit better offensively, but it's completely unforced, right? You cannot get away with that at a high level. And sure enough, we're not getting away with it, right? We dominated that game in Inter-Miami, right? We should have won the game. And yet, you know, it's, it's unfathomable that you would overthink the balance. You would overthink the zonal marking. All you got to do is just mark up man-to-man with a couple of free guys, get it right, play tough defense, and all of a sudden we don't give up goals. Yeah. Right. And don't get me wrong. You know, one scoring one goal is not going to get it right. You know, right. And we'll talk about that, particularly in relation to the second game. Possession doesn't equal, you know, he said, oh, we're doing well, but we're not really creating chances. But that being said, you got to give yourself as much of a chance. And if you don't give away cheap goals on the one or two times they ever go up the field, then you're in a lot better spot. Touche. I think it's. it's on. It's on Pineda. I don't know, Carmen. It's he's heating up. He's heating up. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> he's on fire. 
little NBA jams, th- little <laughs> childhood memories. Yeah, I mean, um, we had the, uh, um, you know, you can't dominate a games like that, give away cheap things. And it happens again in the Montreal game, right? Yeah. In the Montreal game, ultimately, we're going to talk about we had 62% of the possession. And yet the expected goals were almost two for Montreal and 0.7 for us. Yeah. Right? So you can't say we're getting it right, right? And in that Miami game, I mean, did you see the sitter that uh, Lennon missed from, like, the six-yard box after they played it kind of tightly through the through the 18 at bobbled up and he just could not kick it into the back of the net yeah and he missed a um a late one against um montreal as well where he should have crossed it he was right in you know almost you know six yard box end line and he goes for goal from a terrible angle and gets nothing so that's the problem we talked about it you know some of our our most dangerous moments are coming with Lennon or Gutman, which is, you know, great. You say, okay, we're well, dangerous moments, but you want those dangerous moments to be Araujo, to be Moreno, to be, you know, Martinez when he's around, to be Almada, because those guys can presumably finish. So what do you, what's your takeaway coming out of Miami? Like, okay, we didn't get Araujo starting. He didn't start in that game, did no. he? So we go into Montreal. I'm excited because we're like, okay, Araujo must be starting, right? Moreno, Almada, and Cisernos. Uh, Cisner- Cisnernos. Cisnernos. Um, you know, I like his movement. He seems to be the best uh, second striker that He's I've speedy. seen. He's yeah. speedy. At least optimistic. Like the, he, he moves, he, Adam, he unlike moves. Adam John. <laughs> yeah, unlike Adam John. The uh, statue. I'm not going to give Dom Dwyer any credit for his Chattanooga goals. Got to do it in the MLS. Wait, that doesn't count? What's that? The goals from Dom Dwyer against Chattanooga. They do not count. Okay. Fair. Nor did the Araujo beautiful chip. <laughs> it doesn't doesn't count either. It's Chattanooga. It was six, Yeah, six someone's nothing. gonna come back and say, Yeah, but wait, Dom Dwyer, he scored, you know, five goals this season, but two, three, yeah. whatever against Chattanooga. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Mikey Dobbs is making up rules just not to count Dom Dwyer hey, goals. A thousand percent. <laughs> <laughs> He's made and, up his mind, and folks. And I will say, like, look, his goals in the Chattanooga game were actually nice goals, but it was against Chattanooga, so yeah, they don't count. Sure. Um, I want to see uh, more more goals where they count. Um, yeah, so then we go to Montreal. So two games in a row on the road. Um, yeah, this is the Montreal Stadium. Check this out, Dave. Gorgeous. Uh, yeah. Gorgeous area there and. Montreal. Always zooming in. To yeah. The, the, sta- the, the stadium. That's nice. Stadium did look really nice on TV. I will say it looked like yeah. a pretty slick stadium. And this is a new, new stadium, right? Yeah, it's fairly new. I mean, Montreal, I mean, the, the, the Canadian teams are all quite new and, and they're doing quite well. And, um, you know, who says Canada's not a soccer place? I mean, the national team for the yeah. first time is much better. And you can make an argument. Maybe the reason why they finally have a decent national team is because they have good clubs, right? Yeah. Uh, and yet again, we go and lose two to one after coming out with a one nothing lead, right? Again, uh, no, did, we we were down one nothing and we equalized with oh, Moreno. That's right, Moreno right. did the little uh, so we we gave up a goal in the third post. minute, Mikey. Does. Oh, that's right, <laughs> um, zonal marking, hmm, set piece, and you know. We've got, you know, it was a, it was a near, it wasn't that far out. It was just outside the 18. 
Um, I think, um, I don't know whether we're going to show the clip or not, but maybe it's better not to. <laughs> um, and we, we got it. We're holding a line around the penalty spot or whatever it is. And it's zonal. They got all the players there. And the it's uh, Kamal Miller just runs right through the gap. Nobody touches him. And he heads it in. It's like easy. <laughs> right? I mean, how hard is that? And goal. Yeah. Right. I mean, every Montreal player ran without anybody bumping them, knocking them, whatever. I'm like, just stand in front of a guy. If you literally just stand in front of a guy and bump a little bit, force him to go around, right? Um, you know, you're an NFL fan, Mikey Dobbs. I used to be, Dave. <laughs> and then Atlanta lost after being up 28 to three, and I stopped watching. I stopped watching football after that. Well, that being said, you you've watched NFL. Thankfully, Atlanta United was created the next year, and I now I'm ranting about Atlanta United. Fair enough. Yeah, but you know, right? If a team has good wide receivers, and if you don't bump them at the line of scrimmage, what happens? Then they go down the field and catch the ball and score and score lots of touchdowns trick right question. so it's not a trick question <laughs> the point is that if you give a good receiver a free run to get those first five yards okay. off and the timing is good it's going to work and the same thing is true on a set piece right yeah. if one thing about a set piece unlike live play is you know exactly when the ball is coming you can time your run so if a guy gets to run through a gap in our little you know cute little you know, Lego man, you know, lined up every three yards, right? And they don't get bumped. It's easy to time it. You might as well be playing no defenders. Uh, yeah, and f yeah, there's like, you can see in the center of the field, there's like three Atlanta United players in their pretty jerseys. But yeah, they're not getting them dirty. To your yeah, point. you have literally got to prevent those guys from getting a free run. And honestly, even if you do nothing else, if you don't track them, if you don't really go and win the head ball, if you don't really defend whatever, the chances of them scoring, if you let them, if you bump them a little bit and make them go around you, the timing is all off and it's unlikely they get into the ball. And so the guy behind Alan Franco, I think, is the one who scores it. So Alan Franco's got the orange shoes on here. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, let's see if there's any any pressure on that player. And he's he's the so the guy that scores I think is the last Montreal player that you can kind of see on the screen here if you're on YouTube. And uh, yeah, here comes the ball, breaks through, and yeah, he just gets up. Yeah, he just runs, yeah. takes five steps, jumps up, and heads the ball. Right? Yeah. It's it's not that hard, and a professional player is gonna do that a lot, right? So here's here's the thing. All, All right. right, Pineda after the game. Quote, I think set pieces is a topic. It's about concentration. It's about working as a team on a very specific play. But also we have to face that many teams in MLS have more tall guys than us. And we want to play in a very specific way and not really a lot on set pieces. But there are certainly teams that have probably taller players attacking set pieces. And that is difficult to defend. Mm. So... What do you, what's your solution there? Maybe mark, mark your men up at least. Get taller. Get taller? Yeah, I like this, that idea. This is, no offense, BS excuse, right? I mean, so first of all, George Campbell, Miles Robinson, they're not short. No. Right? Yes, we have Almada who's short and maybe Brooks Lennon is short, right? But we have some towering guys in the middle of the and field. How, how tall is Cicernos? He's real tall. Yeah, he's pretty tall too. So get him on the near post. Right? So you don't need to have everybody be tall. And second of all, it doesn't matter how tall you are when you let the guy just run straight through and head the ball. Yeah. Right? 
I mean, you could have six foot five guys and it's not going to do a damn what a difference because all you're doing is a Lego saying, ole, you know? I mean, have you ever seen a bullfight, you know, in the guy? That's our our zonal marking. It's, uh, It's about time we fix it. But and I, I, I don't have, think we are. I don't think I we are. I have to say, Kevin Egan, right? He says, he was parroting Pineda. He said, oh, I think that the set piece problem is our height. I don't think so, Mikey Dobbs. No. I don't think so. As someone so. who's 5'6", I You know who won the most balls in the, in the Tata era defensively on set pieces? Uh, what, I don't know. Joseph Martinez. Yeah. Is he tall? No. No. It's all about one. <laughs> right? It's about, you know, you can have a guy who's not tall and they can be quick. Actually, the best guy defending our set pieces is still Gutman, who is also not tall. Yeah. Right? Let him actually bump somebody. Let him actually play and try to prevent somebody instead of we're going to be so cute about our system. Right? I, I mean, a high school team where the coach just says, hey, everybody mark someone up is better than that. At this point, a thousand percent. Um, what else did you uh, recall from the Montreal game? Uh, boy. Well, I was going to say I agree with you, Almada. Yeah. Um, How about that uh, outside shot he almost put in the top right? Yeah, and he slipped a couple of balls through. Um, he found Moreno and then almost again. Um, in my opinion, he looks to me better than Barco. Yeah. Um, it's early days, but I agree with you, like, He's not as overt as Barco running at guys, but he's actually more effective. He moves the ball quickly. He always knows where it should go. He makes really beautiful little balls. I mean, he's the guy, you know, who can break. You know, some teams need guys who can break down a defense for somebody. That's the guy. Yeah. I, he just, if we wanted that Miggy substitution, there it is, because I think he's the real deal. And like I said, he's not trying to overplay his role. Um, which is really encouraging as the season goes on here, if everybody else can get their act together. But there's some signals out there, Dave, that I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not liking. Like I said, you know, Araujo, I think he is, if he continues to get frustrated and not keep his head on his shoulders, mm. I don't think he's going to have his breakthrough. Mm. Um, did you see in the Montreal game those two, you know, terrible left footers that he tried to shoot from an inverted position that they were like a mirror of each other? In fairness to him, he did that at the very beginning when he first came to Atlanta. Everything he just cut in and he tried to shoot, shoot, shoot. Yeah, and he, you know, and we, remember we had this thing where, like, if he can't score more than one or two of those yeah. during the season, that it's not so good, and he didn't. Um, I think that's that's the default when maybe you, you got to say he's a little bit coming back to it and he's just, like, is a little bit of a sellout for him. Yeah. And I, I, I hope and expect that you'll see less of that. That's what happened last year yeah. as he got more and more fit and whatever you saw less and less of that. Okay. And then um, Moreno, what do you think about his play lately? <laughs> you know, what a goal. Did you see the goal he scored? I yeah. mean, I mean, he just took it down and settled it and moved the ball from his left foot to his right foot and just poked it right in the corner. I mean, you know, all those Moreno haters, it's just pure class. I mean, I mean the, 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 the settle was gorgeous, the composure was gorgeous, and the accuracy of where he put the ball. Yeah. I mean. So, I still don't know why Ronald Hernandez isn't getting the call in the right fullback position. I'm telling you, that one game, they saw him and they got beat a bunch of times, and he's been bench city after that. Man. 
which uh, to me is is garbage because he never got beat in that game. He was just scrambling in and out, trying in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. Um, yeah. I want to actually, you know, not to. Well, maybe I do want to beat a dead horse because yeah. first of all, I want to say on the podcast, you know, I told you so, right? I mean. Our zonal marking, our set piece things, you know, you made fun of me for going over it for 24 hours in one podcast, but it's shambolic and it was terrible and it was about to come. And sure enough, here we go. I mean, not only did we give up that goal, but I want to actually go to the second goal that we gave up the game winner, right? Because it's a free kick. And what do I say about the zonal marking? There's two problems. One, the guys run straight through with nobody being bumped. And then the second thing, if you don't fully clear the first ball, nobody has any marking responsibilities. Everybody is wide open. And so in this case, it's a free kick, right? We failed to clear the ball. Montreal wins it back. They cross it to the other side of the field. And I want you to pause it when they, right after they switch the field. So they play it back here after the free kick. They switch the field right here. Right? No, not there. Yeah, right here. Right now. Stop it. Right? Because we have in the penalty area, one, two, three, four, five, six, maybe seven if you include, I think it's Moreno at the top of the box. Right? We got seven guys back. They have in the penalty area, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, you'd be like, okay, we're in pretty good shape. We got two extra guys. And when he makes this move, let him make the move and hit pause again. Right? It's, it's Miller again. He makes a terrific move. He beats two guys. Right? And pause it again. Now look in the box. Look in the front post of the box, Mikey Dobbs. Mm-hmm. Right? They have two guys who are standing there. Do you want tea? Do you want tea? I'll serve you some. I'll serve you some. And maybe we'll wait for the ball together. The only possibility of them not scoring is if they both went for the ball and collided. There is no Atlanta United player anywhere on a guy in the six-yard box at the front post. If there has ever been a poster that says zonal marking is crap, it's when the ball gets recycled again. We're still in zonal marking mode here. And even though we still have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight in the box against their one, two, three, four, five, they got two guys open at the front post. Are you kidding me? Cool off, Dave. (laughs) Ooh. I mean... Yeah. I mean, look at that. It's just, I mean, what I want to do is take a screenshot and send it to Benita. I'm sure he's watched it a million times and has seen, but you got to fix that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's not, that's not, you know. And so, what's I, the explanation for that? But that's like, we keep looking at these goals that, you know, even after the bad pass in the Miami game, recoverable. This, inexcusable. Well, I think a lot of people are going to sit here and say, yeah, we had two guys and they got beat by one guy. And and yes, I mean, maybe they shouldn't get beat. Miller makes an absolutely stunning dribble. I mean, it was an amazing dribble. But that being said, we're still in zonal marking mode and nobody's responsible for anybody. In any other league, the defender would have recognized if you're going to get burnt there and you're outside of the box, which they were just outside on the edge of the box, then take them down. Get Get a card. Like, don't. Even if you don't, go defend the, the cross and win the ball. Yeah. It's just it's frustrating after like watching the EPL and then watching this. Like it's just ba- some basic stuff that. I mean, if this was Alex right. Ferguson and he saw marking like that in the penalty area, 
Have you heard of the hair dryer treatment, Mikey? Yeah, no, what's the hair dryer treatment? That's where they line them up against the wall and they scream so hard it's like a hair dryer in your face. I think Man United might need that hair dryer back. That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Alex Ferguson, at whatever he is, God bless him, he's 80 something years old. He could still probably yell with the best of them. And now we got a polite Dutch coach. Yeah. <laughs> Ten Hag, and, uh, you know, we'll see about that. But, yeah. um, but I mean, this right here, this clip where you have, if you're on the YouTube channel at home, right, um, <laughs> just. Just look, because that is, is is awful. Here we go. Let's see the goal. And then, whoop, easy. And actually, they almost get in each other's way. They almost defended their own two guys because they were so open. Or maybe they were talk, still talking about who should pour the tea and who should hold the teacups. What do you think of uh, Shuttleworth? I'm, I'm starting to not feel good about... Uh, he hasn't inspired confidence. No. But I don't think not. he's made any mistakes, has he? No, not major mistakes, but he does not inspire confidence on, you know. I know I know he hasn't had a lot of starts lately, but again, you do start to appreciate Brad Guzan's feet uh, in terms of just being able to play out of the back. Uh-huh. I think that is greatly missed with Brad Guzan gone. He, he, you know, may say he's lost half a step when it comes to actually being a, st- a stop shop, a shot stopper, but mm-hmm. he still was good in terms of you know moving the ball around in the back i think and making good decisions to allow the team to build from the back and i don't think shuttleworth is going to give us that opportunity frankly that's fair um so what i want to talk about actually and how bad was montreal building out of the back Ugh. oh my god, god they were atrocious montreal was just asking to get beaten at home they're supposed to be a decent side right but I mean, with the way that we dominated the game, it doesn't bode well on, you know, on the road, you got to figure Montreal should be on the front foot. Um, They were really fortunate that we just handed them two goals because they didn't create anything outside of it. Yeah. I mean, anything. They had two free kicks and we handed them two goals and that is it. So, uh, Carmen, we're at the Mercedes Benz, I think, next this Saturday. Saturday, Chicago. Chicago Fire and Shakiri, right? Shakiri, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's on Chicago. Oh, so but what, what I wanted to ask you, Mikey Dobbs, okay, so, you know, forgetting, you know, I, I think we're quite right to be on Pineda that, you know, his job is not just to get the team to play well, but it's also not to give up stupid goals, right? So, because you can get the team playing as well as you can, and if you still give up stupid goals, you lose, Right? So, okay, fair. We're giving up stupid goals. And we are playing better. Like, I think that, you know, offensively we've been good. But my criticism is, even though we're playing better, we're winning a lot of balls in midfield, we're on the front foot a lot, we're still not creating a lot of chances. So what is your diagnosis of why we're not creating chances? Well, part of it is needing to be a little more direct. And I think when we saw... Almada do that. He played or somebody played into his feet. We did some nice ticky tacky stuff at the top of the box, and that's when Brooks Lennon missed that shot. I think against Miami. Um, so you're seeing some of it in that Miami game, right? Where I liked it, where we're playing right up the gut with our ten most talented players. We just need more commitment like that. And to, to your point, with Araujo hopefully clicking instead of trying that absolutely you know one in a hundred type of shot with your left foot to curl it into the far post need more of that direct play into Almada's feet, play it back off or with Moreno's feet, and just go right through the center with the talent that we have. I think that's how we're going to start scoring 
more goals is, is just being more direct. One thing that's interesting, though, you know, Araujo, again, inverted, is cutting in. When he cuts into the middle, he's running right into Almada. Right, Almada and him are right in the same exact space. And maybe you can argue even the same thing when Moreno is beating his guy inside, he's also running into Almada. So that's a problem. Um, you know, you have guys who are taking on their players who can beat them all day, but you know, Moreno getting by players and Araujo getting by players, which they can do almost at will, is not helping us that much. Yeah. So that's one thing. Um, I think too, um, the transition from defense to offense is too slow. Too many times it's oh, square. Big, it's big time. Like, yeah, the, thank you for bringing that up. I've made that mental note. And in, in even the Miami game, it's like possession. Like, there was no, like, speed with, in which we are moving the ball, even out of the back, to, to get it to that next level and do it quickly. It was... Not just one second. It was two seconds too slow. I mean, there's a lot of teams that are not that great, and they say, like, look, if we have the ball, then we're not going to get scored on. But our defense, right? I mean, Franco, who I thought came back and played pretty well, um, you know, Robinson and, and Sosa. I mean, one of the things that hurt us, I think, and we haven't talked about is what happened to Sosa, why he wasn't yeah, available. Yeah, why, was, why wasn't he? I'm not sure. <laughs> um, once again, Atlanta United has told us nothing. Presumably he's slightly injured again yeah. or they're being a little cautious. Um, it didn't seem anything obvious that he got hurt yeah. in Miami. But anyway, so that's a problem. But, um, you know, the we have the defense that is okay. You know, I mean, you pointed out the moment where George Campbell made the wrong decision, right? But in those moments, you pointed out the right thing, which is occasionally when, when Robinson's on an island, who cares, right? He's going to win that battle. So my feeling is one of the reasons why you play slow buildup is because if your defense ain't any good, right, then you got to hold the ball so that they don't have a lot of pressure. Yeah. But if your defense is good... Freaking go at him! Hit the you know hit the jets and let's go and and yeah. and I don't understand why we're trying to play too controlled. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, because in the flow that's so much easier. Moreno, Araujo. Because then yeah, then you start that pressure, which is just keep like you said, you just keep recycling it. Yeah, over and over and and that just can't be sustained by these teams. Because it was clear in the Miami game, like we are the way more talented team, right? And yet. Bonehead moves make us lose that game because we just can't do the fundamentals of just defending at the right time. And But, you know, the interesting thing is in both of these games, it wasn't the defending so much as most of the goals that we gave up were defending on set pieces, yeah. right, which is a different kind true. of thing. And that's a coach, I think, thing. You know, the one goal that we gave up in the true, flow of true. play was, you know, Campbell gave it away and then they didn't do well. But um, the other part about it is... Do you feel like we are too predictable? Yes. I mean, and mainly because we're trying to use Lennon, you know, on the, on the outside too much, and that becomes very predictable. Why when, are we using Lennon so often? I don't know. I don't even want him on the field anymore. Like I, And I'm, <laughs> I'm not a Lennon disliker, as I've talked about previously, but his stock is going like the stock market is right now down and down right now and <laughs> oh. i just uh, yeah and yeah i just I, I i don't understand why we're using him as our point of attack so much on the right side 
Gutman, I felt like we saw a little less in the last couple games. Like he seemed to be kind of staying put, which was great. Uh, let Moreno kind of take that role out on the left. If you're going to play him out there inverted, that's great. Um, but so Gutman is staying a little bit more at home, and yet, right of the two, Lennon and Gutman, right? We've talked about it, and <laughs> I have to. Here's where I have to eat some, you know, humble crow pie, right? Because Gutman has an amazing chance again. Yep, can't and finish, he, and he choked it. Ah, but. Thanks for recognizing that, Dave. Yeah, he's, <laughs> well, that's also the problem. Like those guys, and and Lennon in the last game too. He flashed a shot, cannot finish. That's not, but the interesting thing is, so Lennon's forward all the time, and I feel like maybe they're about equal in terms of getting in dangerous spots to cross yeah. and to think and, and to score. But the interesting thing is, Lennon's up there, you know, four times as much, right? And he's still, you know, Gutman's about as a dangerous in going forward about a, right. a fourth of the time, and yet, and he's staying back. So it went defensively. On that side, Gutman, we look way better defensively, right. right? Most of the stuff we're giving up is on Lennon. And again, it's not Lennon getting beat so much. It's because Lennon up the field and he's trying to, you know, fly back, right? So I don't understand why we would do that, um, why he's so far forward, why we're playing unbalanced. And I don't understand, you know, and I think that is combining with Araujo or whoever it be, cutting inside inverted, which means all the space is out there, right? Yeah. So I would say forget the inverted, maybe, then you wouldn't have to rely on that so much outside. Um, I would say that Gutman and Lennon don't have to go forward nearly as much as they do and can still be as dangerous as Gutman is proving, Yeah. right? And also the unpredictability about it, right? Um, with the exception of Almada, who's popping up in different spaces... Right, Moreno's popping up in the same space most of the time. Araujo's popping up in the same space all the time, and Lennon and and Gutman just up down, up down. It's like you know bubble hockey. Yeah. So my my problem is that it's too predictable, right? And so our team, you know, some teams when you're predictable like that, um, if you're good and you can open up the space, you can get a ton of crosses, right? So if you got a guy. Um, you know, Hernan Crespo or someone like that who can really finish on his head or whatever. Um, and so you just got to get people open and get yeah. crosses, and that's good enough. Joseph Martinez. <laughs> Even Joseph Martinez. Yeah, yeah, but Joseph Martinez can bail you out of those things. But it's still not a team that's built. If that's going to be our only – most of our danger is coming from out wide and crosses. Yeah. And that, that's a problem because our most dangerous players are guys playing through the middle. Yeah. And they – have all the talent to be able to play through the middle too and pick up fouls and dangerous places and get us more free kicks at the top of the box. We're not getting enough free kicks at the top of the box with the talent that we have also isn't another thing. There should be a lot more free kicks. I would love to see even George Campbell, Alan Franco and Robinson given the green light when they pick off a ball at midfield to keep going. Yeah. Why not make it dangerous? Be like, you know what? Here's another guy for you to deal with. Right. Right. And what they can do is they're not going to probably run through whatever, but if they make a run through and draw attention and now suddenly Almada or whatever is a little free. When's the last time you saw a probing run from miles up the center? No. And he's capable of it. And now it's when he's playing at his best. Like right. When, so uh, why, why not? I mean, and so instead of a hundred, 90% of the time, Lennon and Gutman doing it automatically, yeah. let's, let them actually make decisions, decide when to do it, 
right? And hopefully they pick and choose well. And then maybe even allow Campbell or, or, or Robinson to go forward occasionally. And you know that those guys are still at home. Yeah. Why? Why, why do we need to be so formulaic about the way we attack? We have such creative players, even out of the back. You know, uh, Miles Robinson and Campbell have, and Franco have shown that they can handle the ball at their feet. They're big. They're strong, right? Um, let's make it unpredictable. Do we have any uh, inbound players? Have you read any articles about? No, and I was going to ask you if you've heard of um, anything more about uh, the American in Mallorca. No, I have not. With the uh, Matthew Hoppy rumor? No. And I know we put three players on the season ending list, which included two of the goalkeepers and uh, (laughs) Alonzo. So that's our Achilles heel, so to speak. But, like, but, <laughs> but we still that joke right there. Come on, come on, hey. people. <laughs> both goalkeepers on the Achilles heel, right? Oh my gosh! <laughs> All right, sorry. Go ahead. He's on. It. He's on fire. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, now, now we you signed your boy. Re- me. We signed your boy Rios again, right? Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. so Rios from yeah. is he? Uh, he was. Back in Argentina. I think he's Argentinian, yeah. And now he's back on loan. But he's not tall. One thing actually was interesting is so the the Atlanta United 2 goalkeeper, who is a homegrown player, uh, I don't remember his name, but uh, as a goalkeeper, he played at UCLA. This right? is the one that ruptured his Achilles also? No, 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 no. This guy's still valid. Okay. Um, and uh, he played at UCLA, and he's now a backup. Um, supposedly, he's pretty good. Okay. Uh, I, mean, I don't know whether he's ready yet yeah. at, you know, 20 years old, yeah. you know, having left, only played, I think, two but, years I mean, in college. I mean, that's the thing is, like, you got to be good with your feet at, you know, at that level, too. Not only being a stop shot, uh, shot stopper, but being good with your feet at the MLS level, I think, is what the benchmark is for these kind of level twos. So, we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't know. If you were to bring in a position player, what would it be, Dave? Who do we need? Where's our depth needed? You know, I mean, you have to ask. The, everybody's asking about whether or not, you know, Cisneros is really the answer because yeah. if Martinez never comes back and whatever. And I, I think um, if Martin, it's a tough call as, as the staff, and they've gotten criticized for this, you know. If Martinez is ready to play, you can't bring in a hoppy because then who's how is he going to play, right? If if Martinez maybe never come back, then you do need to bring in a Hoppy. Um, I would say you know having a backup plan um, is a good idea, but I'm not sure that I would pull the trigger on that. To be honest with you, I don't think so. I think the way we've dominated play, I, I actually you know I was I've flip flopped right in that last year. When it, everything went really well, I was really critical of Pineda. I really felt it was a little bit luck, and they didn't really get it right. And maybe that new coach bounce. Early on in the season, I felt like he did a good job, you know, putting guys in the right spot um, when we had so many injuries. Now I'm like back on the... Uh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think... Look, we'll see, but... I think we've got to move on from Joseph Martinez. I know the listeners don't want to hear that. I know, right? <gasps> Carmen, <laughs> put the camera on you. I Did just you see uh, that. Look at her face. I'm a realist. I shot the whore. I How know. dare you? I'm a realist, though. And I, 
am not, and I said this in another podcast, I just don't think he's going to be able to recover. And so you have to bet the farm and your future on whoever the next, next and person is. And I took is. that bet. Yeah, you took it on, on Joseph, right? Yeah. And now he's got his knee scoped, which you said is not a big deal. Yep. But he's not playing. Uh, weeks are going to go by. Uh, Darren Neal said he'll be back in May, at the, by the end of May, I think, which means he's going to be practicing by the end of May, which means, yeah, I don't know, June, maybe he'll start playing again. July, you're in form. Maybe if everything goes right, the team is clicking. But I think this team is good enough to be fourth, fifth place, even without Martinez. Well, we're seventh right now, and we're yeah, certainly not Yeah, but I think that's, that's the coaching, right? Like, come on, get it done, right? So in my opinion, if I were the coaching staff, I and mean, if I were the, the, the general man manager, if I was Bocanegra and Eels, I'd be like, Pineda with the team he has should be having us in fourth or fifth place. And then we can assess. And if Martinez looking like he's not going to get there, then we can go make the deal for the playoff run and get the guy who can maybe help us. And if Martinez comes back, we're we're no problem. But, you know, Pineda got to do it first. I don't know. Like even like Joseph is obviously playing in the beginning of the season, right? I mean... Yeah, you know, we we started out with with Wolf right? pretty well. Yeah, and not uh, only oh, did, that's right, he didn't start. It was Wolf and all those guys, right? So Joseph was starting. Yeah, I mean for sure. But and and, yeah. and actually they they got it done in those early games despite all of yeah. the injuries. No Araujo, no Sosa, no. Yeah, you know Alonzo went out. Right. Um, we didn't have Almada yet. Right. Like all of that, they still got it done. So you can't blame Joseph. Yeah, I, I, I still don't feel like he looked great. In a lot of I games. thought he was showing signs. Yeah. And does Joseph get to be Joseph? Maybe not. But does he have to be if you have the whole mama clicking? Maybe not. To win the MLS Cup, I do. I think you need Joseph mm. clicking. That's fair. And I don't know. I'm starting to come to the realization. I don't know. Like, is Almada going to be here two years? Is that the, is he on a two-year plan, you think? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm kind of starting. I know this is not the way to think, but I feel like – Next year is our year if we're, <laughs> if we're gonna if we're gonna have a chance. Like I hate to say it, man, but I just I'm not seeing enough of the other people around Almada right now. The good news is why next year is awesome is because Almada is so good. Like I really believe, if he's this good right now, I mean the sky's the limit in terms of where he's gonna get when he's really comfortable. And the other people around him are actually playing well. Araujo is playing well. Uh, if Martinez comes back, I mean, that's really interesting. But I just don't know that we're going to get in a rhythm. The MLS has this weird rhythm. Mm-hmm. By the time, sure, yeah, by the time, like, I want it, is like in summer, like, yeah. something else wonky is going to happen. <laughs> Somebody's going to be injured, and we're never going to have it. Like, it's just that's the way this league works now that I've seen it. You just don't get the consistency. And so. I don't know. You have to have a lot of luck with health too, with any team that makes a run. Um, so I don't know. What are your odds? I, I I think absolutely we're making the playoffs, right? Like we'd it would be a travesty at this point if we don't make the playoffs. That's right my now opinion. it look like we ain't making the playoffs. And I, what I would say is that um, I would love to be coaching this team even without Martinez. I think I could have us contending. <laughs> the, the team's good. They are. That's the thing. You watch. I mean, if you look at Montreal, who's one of the better teams in the league, you know, they don't have anybody on the field who can touch Almada or Moreno or no. Araujo in terms of talent. No. So figure out a way to make them win. 
I, it's so it's and, so frustrating. You know, sometimes you say, "All right, we got all this attacking talent," but you know it doesn't work because you don't have the core of the team. You don't have a defensive midfielder. You don't have a back two that can really battle. We've got a fantastic back two. We've got the best defensive midfielder in the league. Yeah. And even what's the, the problem? Even George Campbell, who's making mistakes, it's like you put a player like that in a better position not to make those mistakes and too. if we were relying on campbell to be there every single time he'd have to go through that progression but we got alan franco yeah he doesn't have to play all the time campbell is our backup third option so Dave, i don't think you can put this on boca Negra and eels in terms of the roster composition there's a bunch i read some articles and they say oh the team you know is not composed that well there's too many guys who like to do the same thing I think that is a way over, you know, you got good players. The job of the coach you'd love. I mean, every coach should love to have good players and your job is to make them, you know, click in ways that they are in the position to do their best. So we're coming home into Mercedes Benz to play Chicago fire. Yep. Carmen, what's, what's Chicago fire ranked? Are they, they doing any good this year? I don't even know. Let's see. No, Chicago is 13th currently just (laughs) above DC United. They have a decent start, but now they've folded again. So, you know, they're ripe for the picking at home. So, Sosa, if we get him back, we got the... Carmen, is Sosa coming back? (laughs) Well, all I could find is he had a lower body knock. A lower body body knock. (laughs) (laughs) Lower body knock. Okay. Um, (laughs) Like, what do they do? Like, what is the the deal with like not disclosing what's up uh, with these players. It's just so we need, we need a phrase for uh uh <laughs> injury report. Um it's not a good one. So Dave, we haven't done like a giveaway or anything like that on the podcast since okay. the very beginning of the season. But I'm gonna make I feel like we need if we do if we do it again, we need to make uh you know the next winner uh earn it a little bit. So I'm wondering if okay. like, if we do like some sort of contest. Like, okay. Like a submission type of thing of who can have the best chant, a player chant. Like just write the lyrics out. We'll get behind it in terms of like. I uh, like it. And so like just write the lyrics or if you want to do a little YouTube video and sing it, compose it, whatever. But like, we'll, like get, we'll get some submissions. We'll make it worthwhile in terms of who's the winner. I was thinking about that. I think that'd be fun to maybe toss out there to the listeners out there. Okay. And are we, are we going to be taking calls again? I hope so. Uh, next week, if uh, our schedule is as timely as we have, we got Jason Longshore on next Tuesday. The Jason Longshore, the voice, uh, the voice of Atlanta United on yeah. ninety two nine. The game. So he, yeah, he was nice, wow. enough, nice enough to uh, hopefully join us on Tuesday. Uh, I like so it. He's committed at the moment, and uh, hopefully his schedule will still allow for that. Um, yeah, so it'd be interesting to get his perspective. I think based on what you've been talking about and get his opinion on, you know, what is holding this team back. Is it some of the coaching philosophy? Is it, uh, is it other, um, I don't know there, but, uh, what else, Dave, what did we not talk about? I think we talked about it all. Mikey Dobbs. We did. <laughs> and, uh, Carmen's got an early flight tomorrow. So we try to get this okay. podcast done, done and over. So, all right. And well, soccer supports those in Ukraine. We're, we're here for yeah. you. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Take care. Bye.